Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and it's great to have your company. A very special shout out to my new Patreon sponsors, David and Claire. Thank you for your kindness. You can sponsor the podcast to keep it free and ad free. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago or the way of St. James. The Camino, I suppose, is a vast series of pilgrimages all across Europe. Most pilgrims aim to arrive at the majestic cathedral in Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain. It houses the remains of Christ's apostle James the Stronger. Santiago de Compostela translates as St. James under a field of stars, because James's tomb was found in the rolling hills of Galicia. James was very close to Christ, a fisher of men alongside Jesus. I was thinking during the week about time. The Sydney Opera House turned 50 at the weekend, and I remember visiting the iconic building as a child. And so when I saw the 50th anniversary, it made me think, wow, where did all that time go? And it also cast my mind back to the handful of times I've been to the Cathedral in Santiago de Compostela. It's almost impossible to fathom the amount of time that's passed while that cathedral has stood there, tall and proud. The numbers astound me. The ground was broken in 1075 and it was completed in 1211. So that's 136 years, probably, well, back then, three or four, if not five lifetimes. Someone completing the work of someone who potentially worked on the project 50, 60 years before, perhaps even a century. That's astounding, isn't it? And the Sydney Opera House, the iconic sails in the sunlight, was supposed to take four years. It took 14 years. But years are simply a measurement. It's not the years you live, but how you live them. Well, my quote or my poem this week is from Dr. Seuss. How did it get so late so soon? It's night before it's afternoon. December is here before it's June. My goodness, how the time has flown. How did it get so late so soon? Time and how we make the most of time is a recurring theme for all of us. Well, what if you waited for a certain time to do something really big in your life? What if you waited until you reached a certain age and decided that's when I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do? before December comes when it feels like June. Well, my guest this week is a returning guest. I last spoke with the Australian pilgrim Jennifer Wills back in July 2018. Jen had just returned from a pilgrimage with her daughter, and I thought it was about time we caught up again. Welcome, pilgrim. Hello, Dan. So lovely to talk to you. Yeah, and you. Let's talk about something really big in your life. Tell us what happened in January 2019. I turned 60. <laughs> um, yeah, and I did something I'd always wanted to do. Um, and I guess it's it happened then because I'm a woman. Um, I was a mother. You know, I had to – once you get away from all those roles in your life and you, for me, turn, turning 60, I had a little bit of freedom. And um, I'd always just – I'd never had good furniture. I'd never felt settled. I've, I guess I'm a gypsy at heart. And I had always just bought cheap things. And so I decided that when I turned 60, I was going to give everything away, have no house, <laughs> no abode, and take my 7kg backpack and um, travel the world because it's something I just always wanted to do. So, yeah, that's what I did. 
Fantastic. So you'd already done the Camino once and, and with your daughter and the yep. Camino was very much still on your agenda and it's something that yes. you're really excited about. So you yep. headed off. Tell us what happened on that Camino. Um, so so 2019, that year, I did, I did um, some, some travel in Asia. I did India. I did Turkey. And then I met my daughter that I'd walked with in 2013. I met her in Portugal, in Porto, and we walked the Portuguese Camino together, which was just so wonderful. Um, it was a happy Camino. Our previous one had really been therapy because we were both in a bad way. Yeah. Um, and so, our, you know, the, we just did the coastal Portuguese from Porto and it was just such a glorious walk, the ocean on your left the whole time. Um, and it was just such a wonderful, wonderful, happy event. And then um, Tash, my daughter, flew back to Australia. She had to work. And then I went on then to Pamplona. Um, and I thought, well, I'll just do a um, finish. I'll do a Camino to um, Santiago before I do any more travels because, I, yeah, I'm a bit of a Camino freak. So <laughs> um, that's what I did. So what happened 120 kilometres out from Santiago? Right. <laughs> so I think I was I can't I can't remember details but something like 37 days in because I am a, a slow walker, very slow. <laughs> and I was walking I I I actually had a bad night in Triacastella that night and I hadn't slept. And I just had this imp it sounds so weird, I know, and I'm really not a sort of a overly new agey kind of person but I just couldn't sleep and I had this over this impending feeling of doom <laughs> anyway I finally got up the next morning went down to have breakfast with my pack and then I thought oh gosh I really feel terrible I don't think I should be walking today because I know I think it's like a 12 or 13 case without a you know a cafe or anything on mm. the way and I was really feeling rotten and I something like I thought if I see a taxi out there, like it's Tricastella, it's a small, tiny, you know, Pueblo, I'll, I'm going to just take that taxi today, damn it. And I <laughs> had the breakfast and then you've got that other voice in your head, Dan, you know, don't be silly, you can do this, just keep walking, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got it and there was a taxi. I couldn't believe it outside the cafe. And I'm like, oh, that's it, get in that, you know, just get in that taxi girl. And <laughs> then the other voice. Don't be ridiculous. You can do this. Just look. You're going to miss all that beautiful view there. Just keep walking. So I did. I kept walking and walking, walking, walking. And past the, if anyone remembers that has been that way, there's a little beautiful little art gallery um, yeah. just on the way. And I just not passed far past that art gallery. And it was raining and it was wet. And that's it's Galicia, so it's all cow poo, slippery, <laughs> and there was a hill and there's a little tiny chapel. It's Our Lady of the Snows and it was I so remembered it so clearly from 2013 um, that I thought, oh, this is just so beautiful and I tried to got all these photos. I love to take photos, so a million photos. And then up the hill I go past the chapel and as I'm getting to the top, the sun comes out and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is going to be the best photo now. <laughs> So I start to turn around to take a photo, and as I do, I'm like, gee, this is slippery. <laughs> Wooshka. Yes, I did a little few um, involuntary acrobatics and ended up, it was, yeah, I broke my, broke my leg, lower leg in two places. 
Um, so yeah, no, it wasn't fun from then on. <laughs> Goodness me. So here you are, and you were alone? I was alone, yeah. So and there what was no did you one do? around. What did you do? Well, I couldn't do anything because as I fell, because I was trying to take a photo with my phone, the phone flew off into the bushes so and I could not move and I was in agony, like, and it was freezing. And I'm sitting there and I could not move. I'm in agony. I'm sitting on wet ground, so I'm wet and freezing, wet bum and um, and I just started to shiver and shake and I had everything that I owned I put on to try to be warm <laughs> and... Um, I actually thought, because it was about half an hour or an hour before anything, someone did come, but, you know, you have that moment, you thought, oh my God, I could actually die here. <laughs> if nobody comes, what's going to happen to me? Goodness. You know? So what month was it, Jen? Um, it was, uh, hang on, let me think, 20, 2019. No, it was early April. Okay, so you wouldn't have been that busy. Goodness. And so no. somebody came along the path, another pilgrim? Um, Eventually, um, a lovely German lady came along. She had no English and a teeny weeny bit of Spanish, about as good as Spanish as I had. Anyway, and she, <laughs> God bless her, she was so lovely, and she she panicked. <laughs> oh. So she started to run around and run, and she's just stunning. Oh my God! You know, like I could see she was panicking, and I said, "Look, you, have you got a phone?" She didn't even have a phone, so I said, "Look, could you just, you know?" I tried to mime. My phone is in that bush. <laughs> I'd get my phone. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> oh, look, it's a comedy of errors now. But she was so lovely. Anyway, the phone was all cracked, and but I remembered, oh, what if I just try to turn it off and on? So we tried to turn we turned it off and on, and then the emergency slide came up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we slid that, and she tried to talk to somebody on the other end about where we were in some sort of Spanish. Um, and then, so that was, you know, we were hoping somebody was coming. And she sat behind me and cuddled, you know, hugged me because I was so cold. Goodness. And she, she was so lovely. But eventually some other people came, um, probably about another hour, two hours, I can't remember. It wasn't many pilgrims. So it was wet and rainy and it was early, you know, early yeah. April. So yeah. um, not at just the beginning of, what is that? Anyway, I'm confused with our seasons. But um, eventually others came and we said, no, we've rang, thank you so much. And um, so that people were lovely. Like people, somebody had an emergency blanket they wrapped around me, um, which was nice. And then um, eventually four cyclists came along. And yes, of course, one of them was a doctor. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was so lovely. You know, he took my boot off, which nearly killed me, and said, yes, it's broken. I'm like, oh, thank you for that. <laughs> um, so but they they waited then until the uh, finally a little ambulance came. Now, when you say ambulance, it was like a little van. <laughs> I love Spain. Don't get me wrong. I so adore Spain. I love the culture. I love the mentality. Um, I love the people. Anyway, these two people got out of the little van smoking. <laughs> and um, I'm like, oh, my God. Anyway, look, it was just so lovely. And they then, of course, they had to bring the gurney up the hill to try to get me on it. And the, the four cyclists had stayed. That was so, so wonderful. And so I'm so glad they did because I don't know what would have happened because once they finally got me on the gurney, um, so the two paramedics and the Four cyclists. We nearly we started to all slide down the hill. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm thinking we're all going to have broken legs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I finally got in, and it was okay. You know, they, uh, you know, I can write a book just on what happened in the next two weeks. Really, 
Um, but it was that that was the that's what happened. There you go. So it was two fractures of your lower leg. Yes, lower um, left leg, just above the ankle. Goodness me. So yeah. what was it like in the Spanish hospital? How, how did you negotiate? How did you manage oh, all of that? It was just another comedy. I can laugh now. I mean, I, it wasn't that funny at the time, but I can <laughs> laugh now. Um, so to start with, they put me in that little tiny little matchbox van. To That was the ambulance, and we drove an hour to the hospital. But it was backwards. Now, I get motion sick. Oh, no. <laughs> so when we finally just pulled up into the hospital, I, of course, started to throw up so badly. And then they thought there was something really dire wrong with me. And I kept trying to say, no, 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 it's okay. I'm okay. It's just motion sickness. But trying to mime that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was hysterical. Anyway, sorted that out. They put me in the waiting room and... So there's all these Spanish people in the waiting room and I swear there was a dead body over oh. the other side and I started to panic and so I, I'm, and you know, and uh, people don't realise that there is, this was in Lugo, by the way, um, the hospital and really no Spanish, no English speakers. Uh, eventually there was a couple of younger um, nurses who um, spoke English but not it's not very prevalent in the hospitals. Goodness. Yeah, so so then I get into the little waiting room and I'm, I thought, no, Google Translate, Jenny, you can do this. So I was lying there and then eventually I just typed in, what's going to happen to me now? And I handed it to the nurse. <laughs> and this is Google Translate for you. So I, I back then, and I, she typed in whatever was going to happen and it, and it read, we are going to put you in a box and take you away. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Um, but anyway, that was just poor translation. <laughs> no, and a, you know, I'm sure that there was a passed away man just across from me. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. And um, so, anyway, eventually I get a room. And, look, it was so lovely. It was just so, they were so, so wonderful. Yeah. And, and. I had a bit of trouble getting the insurance to actually follow through and get me home. So I was only in there two weeks because the insurance took forever to get me home. We shall name no names. Um, but the two weeks I was in there, I was very well looked after and they were they were very lovely. But so then, when but, you say your insurance was difficult, you, you no doubt had full insurance as all of us do. We, we tick every box and we none of yeah, us read yeah. none of us read the fine print, of course. But no. But you, you, what was the nature of the difficulty? If you don't mind me asking, I, I just wonder if we could I all don't be wary. Really no. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I had full insurance, and I think that at the end of the day, there'd been there was staff changeovers, like somebody left and then somebody new started, and my oh. case sort of slipped down the uh, somehow out of you know, out of view. So I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I had lovely two weeks there, and um. It, uh, I was in a ward with with the old senoras, and it was so they were so lovely because I did. And it's so interesting they don't give you crutches or anything to walk with, and because I, I get I don't know if it was just general or because I was a short term patient or what, but the lovely senoras would make sure that the their sons or grandsons whoever was visiting brought me over the crutches so that I could go to the toilet. And the other funny thing was um, there's no curtains around the beds, so so the first morning that I went in. 
there was must well visiting hours were just there was just seemed to be always visiting but and you know Spain the big family so all the extended families the grandparents and the sons and the daughters and the grandkids and everything's there and this first day they took me in and I thought I was going to a concert or something in this room there were so many people <laughs> and they put me on the bed this is like the first morning off and I was covered in cow poo and wet and you oh. know and I only have one pair of clothes but that's another story for later <laughs> anyway they they put me on the bed and they undressed me <laughs> and they bought a, um, a bar, you know, bowl of water to wash me in the bed and it wasn't until they, you know, they turned me on my side and they're washing me my backside with this cloth that I finally cried. <laughs> I thought, this is so humiliating. I'd been, I'd been really tough for the whole rest of it. But that was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is just too much now. <laughs> So, goodness, what a story. So then, this is the thing that, that I found astounding. I just happened to reach out to you by chance and you messaged me back, oh, yeah, I'm in a hospital in, Sp in Spain. I've broken my leg. And I know. I, I just I don't know why I reached out to you at that stage to ask a question or something. I can't I remember, but I reached out to you and you said, yeah, Dan, yeah, I'm, guess where I am in a hospital. And it was just amazing. And then the next thing I know, you're home. So... Getting home must have been excruciating because a broken leg two weeks, a double broken leg two weeks after yeah. the injury is insanely painful. And and yeah. so, so tell us about that long journey home. It must have been intolerable. Oh, okay. So firstly, um, your messages were so well, like just because you're in a foreign hospital, there's no family, there's no friends to visit. I've never felt so alone. Mm in my life to be there and trying to navigate what am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> you poor thing. It was quite tricky. But your thank you for your beautiful messages. <laughs> and you know, you said you sent me a song that you hadn't even um published yet and that was yeah. just oh God, I remember lying in that bed just howling my eyes out. <laughs> it was <laughs> so lovely. <laughs> Good, you know, happy tears. Yeah. Um anyway, so so after two weeks, I think it was like about two o'clock in the morning one night, they woke me up and they said, You're going. And I thought it felt like a spy movie or something. I'm like, what? Yes, your plane, the insurance have read, uh, have rung us and your plane's in six hours and um, you're going. And I was like, oh, my gosh, okay, okay. So finally got, I think they drove me from Lugo to a Coruña, I think, and then um, Santiago, I think, while well, via Doha, um, to Sydney, to Brisbane. Like it was an, an epic journey. But, Dan, I really can't complain because I got business class because of the insurance finally came through <laughs> and I got treated like a princess. I was in a wheelchair wheel. There was someone to pick me up at every leg and take me to the first class lounge and, um, you know, like having the pointy end of the plane where you can lie down and have, you know, click your fingers and somebody comes to basically fan you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the trip home wasn't too bad. I was, I was very lucky and, that way. And did you develop complications though? Oh yes, I did. So when I finally got home, I was just thinking, oh, this will be six weeks in a cast. I'll be good. I'll be back, and I'll finish my big, epic twenty nineteen world yeah, trip. Yeah. <laughs> and um, now I got a deep vein thrombosis between the brakes. So, and they only found that out because I was going to operate. Um, on my leg and they found a DVT. So that complicated things a fair bit. Um, but, you know, just healing. Eventually I healed and then there was a pandemic and so, uh, you know, I didn't get back until this year. 
Goodness me. Goodness me. That's right. (laughs) April 2023, four years later, this year. Yeah, that's right. Tell us about this year and going back. It must have been just so fabulous. I'd love to hear the story about when you got back to that same spot. Oh, yes. So um, I flew from, I want to remember. Anyway, I landed in Santiago. I just got um, a bus to Tricastella to start. I thought this, I'll just go walk back to this um, spot that I start, where I fell. And it was just like another world because I think I'd only ever been at Tricastella when it was overcast and raining. But it was, the sun was shining, the countryside is just glorious and Galicia is one of my favourite places on earth. Like it's so green and lush and and Celtic, you know, it's got very, it, it used, it's a, one of the Celtic origins. So it's, um, it just feels homely and beautiful. Um, and so I walked to the spot where I fell, feeling very trepidatious, of course, because again, I'm on my own and. You know, like, oh, for goodness sake, don't let this happen again. <laughs> and um, I get almost up to the little church and it's chaos. There's just, I don't know what was going on, but there was, <laughs> in typical Spanish fashion, there was just like four different kinds of footpaths being built and how, you know, it was just chaos. Um, so it looked nothing like it did when I um, fell, but... Because um, it was just in the middle of nowhere when I felt there was nothing there except the church. But anyway, so it was quite different. And uh, um, then uh, I guess I did it. I felt really, really grateful. I've faced this fear and I've come back and um, and I've done it. You know, well, I've done it and I keep walking and hope that I make it to the end without a broken bone. But um, yeah, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful feeling. And people thought I was crazy. And it wasn't out of pride or anything like that. I just wanted to finish it. Yeah. You know? I hadn't finished it. Yeah. It was like something unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 kind of in a way, having uh having put all the all the emotion and anticipation and and preparation for that big year, that big event for yes. it to, for it to be interrupted in that fashion. Uh, That's right. And then for four years to take. Four years. <laughs> To get back, it's a long Camino. It's a long Camino. That's a long pilgrimage. Yeah, that's a long journey. But but the listeners will will be delighted because um, Jennifer has a, a blog, jenniferwills.com.au, the website, and you can follow and you can read lots about it. But there's this wonderful poem that you wrote uh, in relation to the uh, to, to getting back um, on the pilgrimage. If if I can read it, if that's okay, I can't even remember it. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> You say, beamed abruptly into this other realm, like I've been parachuted in. After a brief grapple with parachute, I lift my head and there it is. Galicia, with all its Celtic history, in all its deep, verdant, green, lush and mossy glory. Walk into this. Sink slowly into this. Breathe. Breath. Here. Now. Sigh. Off I go to get me some equanimity. <laughs> equanimity, <laughs> isn't it? That's so great. I've got goosebumps, right? But equanimity is calm and composure. Yeah. So were you able to walk that last 120 Ks with calm and composure? How did it pan out? Tell us about that 2023 
the completion of that 2019 Camino four years later? Yes. Um, I don't know if I, you know, inner peace and all that. I strive for it for 64 years now. I'm still working on it. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, it was just, again, um, it's such a privilege and it sounds so trite, but it's you, you're in other people's country. They allow you to come in and trudge across it <laughs> through backyards, you know, through towns, through across trails and roads. And I, I never f- take that for granted, you know, that, how lucky are we that the Spanish people are so generous to let us share that country? And so every step I really do feel grateful um, to have that opportunity and also privileged that I, you know, have was smart enough to have superannuation early and so I've got, you know, a little bit of funds to be able to ha- do that. So it's it's um, not many people get to do what we do. So uh, it's such a privilege. And so every step I just really... I loved it. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a Camino tragic. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm, talking to you now has made me just want to go back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it happens to me every week. Every week I speak oh, to someone else. I've got to get oh back. Oh, my God. I've got to get back. But you, you wrote on your blog, I think, in relation to your 2019 walk, but I'm sure it applies to your pilgrimage in general. You said, my aim was not to just experience a travelling picture show of visual delights but to also explore cultures, spiritualities and philosophies to deepen my own sense of meaning and understanding of what this life is all about. So I suppose the first question is, how do you do that? Do, do, do you, are you mindful that you're kind of seeking those, those results or resolutions or, or do, you simply, do you simply walk open to, to all comers and, and all experiences? How do you go about achieving those goals? Well, as I said, I haven't achieved it, but I keep trying. Um, I think for me, I like to walk alone, and I know it's not everybody's thing, but I'm I'm obviously just speaking from my own personal experience. But um, I feel like it's easy to be busy. Our culture even glorifies busy, you know. Um, um, So to actually have an opportunity to be in silence and in your own head, it's just so rare. And... I think every culture in the world has that same, you know, whether it's if you're a Christian, you know, Jesus said heaven lives within. Um, I think every culture knows that heaven, I mean, a happiness and meaning of life is, is internal as much as it's external. So I don't know, I guess to face that silence and um, I think I called it slobalisation in my blog. Mm, yeah. Um, it, it, you, sense, you, you just become, I mean, I'm not romanticising this because I'm an old woman and I'm not fit and every bone and every muscle aches in your body. So if you can just put that aside (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then all the the more you sink into a Camino, the more your senses, for me being on my own and walking, the more your senses just become on high alert. So, you know, the smells or the sounds or the, you know, little beetle walking across the road or... I'm not saying I don't like people. I mean, I love to meet people and I love to, I can't learn about other cultures if I'm not talking to people. So, I, you know, at the end of the day, love to talk to people. I'm a, I can, as you can tell, I can talk with the best of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I feel like, you know, I, as I said, I did India and Turkey and Asia and I've done a lot of Europe. And, yeah, I, I, I like to to learn about how, where is the wisdom, you know, where, where how can we learn what, what we're on this planet for when it's harder and harder these days to, to do that. Yeah. 
That's right. Golly, what a great insight. I really love that. And then finding a little bit of that insight and taking it home with you, how, how does it resonate at home with you in your day-to-day life, do you think? Yeah. I don't think about that because, you know, I've walked five big walks now and um, I think it's that very thing to try to clear your head and get the busyness out of your head and then when you can do that, you can be open more to the little things. And um, where I read a lovely quote the other day, actually, in a book I was reading. Uh, oh, it was happiness lies in the mundane. And I thought, that's so true, you know, the little, you're driving to work and there might be <laughs> something nice you see or you have a, a nice smile from another person or, um, you know, you see a beautiful butterfly in the flower in your garden or something, I don't know, just to be more open to the little things. Yeah. Um, I think that's what the Camino teach, taught me anyway. Yeah, how lovely. I was listening to The Wireless this week and there was a, they were doing a talkback segment, I don't have a, do, a to-do list, you should have a to-don't list. Oh, yes, that's and, lovely. And it was fabulous. And people were ringing up and a lady rang up and said, whenever I look after my grandchildren, I always feel I have to do something. So we have to mm-hmm. go to the park or we have to go to the cinema or we have to go to... She, yeah. said, she said, instead, I thought, what, what if we just go to the garden? Yes. <laughs> I love that. So, so now she just goes, takes them to the garden. And she said, that they, they're just as happy. They're just as yeah. delight, and they have the time of their lives. She said, "It's just the mundane, simple yeah. things of pottering around the garden, and we all have yeah. the most wonderful time." And I thought, "That's yeah. the best thing ever." That's so good. You don't need all the bells and whistles. No. The, mu- the music's in your head. Yeah, that's so true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love that. That's beautiful. I've given dozens of talks about the Camino and I often use your description of starting in St. John with a big ball of string uh. in your in your gut. <laughs> you, you attach it at St. John and then you walk to Santiago. It slowly unravels as you walk west yeah. and by the time you get to the cathedral, you are empty. How did the yeah. second and third Caminos compare to the first? Were they the same? No, very, very different. Um as I said, the 2013, we were in crisis. We, we'd had some terribly traumatic things happen, and we were both at the end of our um, at the end of our ropes, and yeah, life looked bleak. And mm. so it was a very different Camino. Plus, it's the only Camino where I've walked from Saint John over the Pyrenees to um, Santiago, uh, and without booking a place to stay. You know, it was the, in those days, it was just so much. Well, it was so freer. That was a free Camino because we just, you just were in the moment. Today, where will I sleep? Okay, over there across the road there. And where will I get up and just go? And no plans to how far you're going to go each day. And um, yeah, as you say, um, unraveling that twisted ball of string with every step and trying to um, heal. I still will say that the Camino is the best therapy anyone can ever have if you if you need to sort some sort yourself out or heal from anything, Camino is a great, great way to do it. Mm. Um, But the others have been happier and better and um, probably being able to go to that other level of finding deeper meaning because I wasn't unravelling that big ball of string, twisted string anymore. Yeah, that's right. And and just before I go to, to, was it much busier then this year? Oh, this year. This year was crazy, yeah. Even, um, yeah, April. I was April again this year. Yeah. Um, but it was so busy. And 
I remember being in Pizzeria and it was the hordes, you know, the Syrian hordes, and God, God love them, and they've got a right to do whatever they want to do. But I remember sitting, thinking, and sitting having a cafe and a coffee and, you know, just so many people walking past, and a lot of them had their phones hung around their neck on some sort of string and they had the music blaring and they were talking loudly in groups and walking and laughing. And I remember thinking, um, how dare they laugh and introduce you know, mm-hmm. interrupt my equanimity. <laughs> <laughs> laughing, <laughs> laughing. How dare they? <laughs> but I think that that is also a really good lesson. I mean, you hear um, many, you know, the Camino blogs or podcast people complaining, you know, about the showers or the pilgrim snoring or the the whatever. And and I think that that's a really part of the Camino that we have to learn to be tolerant and actually whatever's happening outside really shouldn't matter if you're if you're trying to work on your internal peace it should be irrelevant to what's happening outside yeah so that's Saint Jenny talking yeah <laughs> Saint Jenny. I love it Saint, Saint Dan Saint Jenny of the sloths I call myself <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so you mentioned there uh the, the the 2013 Camino was a difficult one because you were dealing with struggles. And people who would have yeah. heard your first interview five years ago will know that you walked that first Camino with your daughter who had had struggles with anxiety and depression. How is yeah. she now, Jen? She's pretty good. She still has her ups and downs. Um, like, uh, you know, you would – I sometimes think – we over-romanticise the Camino. So I don't want to say to anyone listening, the Camino will solve all your problems and you'll be great for the rest of your life. You know, that's just not going to happen. Um, but it's like anything. It's it's a journey of – it's a, it's a part of your journey that can be very, very helpful. And so she had – I mean, we've never mentioned it before, but she did have some really terrible things happen to her in her past in addition to then – um, my mum, our mum and dad died, and she, my mum and dad, and she was very close to them, and that all sort of came in this cyclone of craziness. Um, but she's doing a lot better. So as I say, right. you know, still, still up and down, but at this point in time, she's doing pretty well. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, Thanks I saw some pictures of uh, of an art exhibition she was holding, um, yep. and the work was exquisite. It was absolutely oh, beautiful. My gosh, she's very, very clever. Yeah. Very talented. Natasha Wills, if anyone wants to look her up. Natasha Wills, there you go. There's a lot of Um, hope on the Camino. Sure, you may not be able to solve your problems, but there is a lot of hope. Oh, absolutely. And there are people walking to find clarity. There are people walking to make a big decision. What do you think it is that lures you back? What is it, Jen? Look, it's such a great question because... I've had a really busy six months and when you you contacted me and asked me, you know, about this interview, mm-hmm. I really hadn't thought about the Camino for about six months because I've been, yeah, just otherwise engaged. And um, as soon as you mentioned it, it was like, I don't know what it was like. It's like this whole door opened and, you know, in the movies <laughs> where you hear this trumpet sounding and <laughs> golden sunshine. I was like, oh, my gosh, the Camino. <laughs> um and because I've done, you know, a few now and starting from that really tragic one to some happy ones to some alone and wonderful ones, I think, I believe, I don't want to sound like I'm a bit crazy, um, but I think obvious, it's pretty obvious that we don't know everything about the world, you know. We, we, we know some stuff, but there's still a whole lot of stuff that's a mystery. And um, I think the Camino is part of that mystery. And when we slow down, 
and get that busyness out of our head, we become more open to the mysteries of what else there is out there in the world and I think in life. And I think the Camino holds that. You know, every step you walk along that path and that trail, thousands of people have walked before you and I feel like the more that you can sink into that, that's why um, the longer you can stay on, it's always the better because you sink further and further into that mystery and that magic of whatever that is that is unexplainable, um, but it can take you to a place of peace if you let it. Yeah, wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, my word. It absolutely <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, yeah. There's a picture on your blog. I'm really fascinated by this next question. There's a picture on your blog on the front page. You're smiling from ear to ear. It's a great shot, actually. Oh. <laughs> so how did you come to terms with the fact that you'd made your big decision to wrap up your life as you knew it to head off on this trip of a lifetime and then it yeah. all came crashing down around you how did you reconcile that disappointment um i guess i'm the kind of person that tries not to waste time and energy um grieving or mm. being remorseful or regretful about something that's done it's a done deal there's no point i can't change it um, I just have to come to terms with that. And um, so I just did. And and I guess I would have come, gone back as soon as I was physically up to it, but then the um, pandemic came. So, you know, the whole world got swept up. Yeah, so. and so because you'd made this big decision and this life journey was about to begin, you would have felt trapped or, 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 or a sense of more trapped than most because it was, it was stopping you taking this journey you'd waited for all those years to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, I didn't have a house. I didn't have any belongings. I got home <laughs> with nowhere to, nowhere to actually live. <laughs> but my son, who um, they let me stay with them till, because they were on the Gold Coast and so I was able to get some really good medical care there while I healed and figured out what, what I was going to do with my life. But um, it's okay. Like I went back in April this year and I was away for two and a half months again and I did Ireland and Scotland and finished the Camino and did some um, Italy and France. And so, look, I am, you know, I no way sad or regretful. I'm yeah. forever grateful of the incredible – look, I grew up in a small country town in western New South Wales. We never had a car. My dad was a shearer. We had nothing. I didn't even see the ocean until I was 18. And so I still go, I cannot believe the life that I've lived, what I've actually had. So, yeah, I think gratitude is just the, you know. That's attitude. fantastic. It's what town were you, yeah. were you raised in? Um, Warren, which is west of Dubbo, in northwest of Dubbo. Warren. Yeah. Wow, fabulous. <laughs> not, well, it's not that fabulous. <laughs> no, no, the daughter of a shearer, though. A daughter yes, of a shearer who, tra who now travels the world. Yeah. seeking insight and knowledge and perhaps a little bit of inner perspective. That's just absolutely fantastic. I mean, very lucky. I've been very privileged life. I can't, still can't believe it. And, yeah. And the world is a wonderful place. I guess that's the other thing I want to say in this time. You know, I did India on my own. I did Turkey on my own, um, Asia and Europe. And uh, I was safe everywhere I went. And, and I think we're so trained to be fearful the media makes us want to be frightened of everything but the world is a beautiful place and people across the world you know are amazing and um yet yeah, i just go see the world people it's an incredible place yeah yeah there are so many so many journeys ahead of us it, it, really in many respects this whole podcast has been about a victory over odds 
Yeah. And much like the story of, of you and Tash five years ago. Yeah. So you, you, the daughter of a Shearer, you've been a teacher, you now teach teachers. Why do you think the Camino resonates so much with you and me and perhaps mm. not so much with others? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't probably don't know that. And, you know, as I said, I've worked, I train people a lot in my lifetime, the last 30 years, that's what I've done. So I've, I've had a good insights into human beings and human nature. And I don't know. Like you see people, the least people you'd expect to be open-minded are open-minded. And the people sometimes that you'd expect to be open to the things of the world, they're, they're fearful. And so... I honestly can't answer that question. Yeah. But it is often, I think you just hit the right word, fear. Uh, it is yeah. often based on fear, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. I, I, I tell people all the time, uh, you know, I walked a thousand k's from Lourdes to Santiago or, you know, I walked 300 k's yeah. with my family from Leo. They say, oh, I could never do that. Yeah, that's right. They just say uh, it straight out and you think, yeah. wait a minute, yes, you could. Yeah. Yes, totally, yeah. totally you could. Absolutely. And if I can, anyone can. I am not fit. I am slow. I just walk at my own pace. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I have to – I'm not fearful. I don't. I hate to say I'm not fearful in case something terrible happens. But um, I think you just – I don't know. You get what you give, don't you? You've got yeah. to have that. Um, a bit of an open mind and love. You know, it all comes down to love at the end of the day. I mean, that mystical force that I was talking about before, I think it's just love. Yeah. I really do. I think yeah. the whole world, God is love, Buddha is love, trees are love, you know, good people are love. Everything is all about love and kindness. Um, and in this craziness of the world, we forget that. Yeah. Um, a, a Camino is a very good place to find that kind of balance, I think. Yeah, so, absolutely. So what's now, Jen? Where to from here? Oh, Dan. Well, I'm going back to the Camino tomorrow. <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm in the middle of study at the moment. So I'm hoping to finish what I'm studying and then um, that'll be next year. And then, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, watch this space. So you're, for, you're doing formal study. So you're continuing your education as well as your, your sort of personal growth yeah. as well. What are you studying? I am totally crazy, Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Um, so I'm doing my PhD in um, because I've been in education my whole life and um, I've been in First Nations education a lot in mixed, in schools across the country. And so when I semi-retired, I thought I, it's crazy to take all that experience and what I've learned, you know, especially considering where Australia is today, I'm like, I need to do something with that. So, mm. yeah, I'm finishing my PhD and hopefully I'll have a book in that somewhere. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and you hope to finish that next year? February is supposed to be finished, Dan. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I know that uh, my mother did a PhD. It's a lot of work. Um, but yeah. it is also, a, it's a pilgrimage in itself, isn't it? It absolutely is. And it's a passion. It's coming, again, coming from my heart. You know, we're, we're, we're Irish, Dan, and justice and fairness and is a big part of who we are. So I can't let that go, you know. I think that's mm. a big part of who I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, how fantastic. I can't imagine how fortunate those First Nations children and teachers and leaders are to have you in their midst. That's fantastic. I know that that, that part of the world, the Darling Downs, uh, has its challenges, and, and uh, as does the rest of the country, as we saw last weekend. But I think that, that having people like you in, 
in their corner is is a real win. I think that's just absolutely fabulous. Oh, look, Thanks, it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could talk to you for hours, but I, I'm dying for you. <laughs> I, I gave you a heads up. Okay, come on, tell us a Camino story. Oh, right. Um, for, I'm just going to tell one that's only 30 seconds, but then another quick one. Okay. Um, so the first one is I just when – when Cash and I did the Portuguese Camino, we came into a beautiful little town called um, Ui. I don't know if you know it. Um, and we were sitting there having a coffee and this lady came past. She was American. And it turns out her name was Tanya. <laughs> you know Tanya? <laughs> Tanya, yeah. And um, she was so lovely and we had big chats with her and then she took me up to see. At that point, she was just um, re, re, um, renewing an old building to have an albergue. She took me up to show me. And as she took me in, it was not open yet, obviously. It was just all being renovated. And you will never believe what she what was playing on her um, computer. What? My podcast with you. No. <laughs> Are you serious? I am serious. And I said, Tanya, that, that's me. <laughs> that's incredible. Isn't that incredible? That like, is mind-blowing. That is mind-blowing. So the voodoo magic of the Camino, it's very weird. <laughs> that's fantastic. I know. So um, I can do another one if you want a quick yeah, one. Yeah, no, no. I know we're, we're running out of time. While I process what – no, we're not running out of time. We've got all the time in the world. <laughs> but while I just process that, tell I us know. a Camino story. I know. Isn't That's it astonishing. Mind? I know. I, I, it's totally crazy. <sighs> anyway, um, so my, my, my other one is that – um, in 2013, I remember coming into a little town called Virgin Del Camino and I was – and it, you may remember it clearly because it's the only modern church on the Camino like, that you really see and it's a, a very modern building, modern church, quite um, unusual in its um, architecture and artistry. Anyway, so I was – that was my low Camino. I went in, I sat down right at the front of the altar and – I was feeling very low. Um, you know, Tash wasn't well. She, I didn't even know, know where she was on the Camino at this point. Um, she'd gone ahead on her own. And I sat in front of the altar and there was a beautiful statue of Mary um, holding Jesus off the cross. And I just, you know, this warmth of just raced over me, but it was like it felt like it was. it really was Mary was a mother, just like I'm a mother suffering. Mary was a mother suffering. And from that moment on, you know, the Camino became even more meaningful for me because, you know, the statues of Mary all along, you know, Spanish do Mary really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, that was so lovely. And I remember I went out of that church crying my eyes out as I as do and I was walked past the church, down the street, along the Camino. I was in town and it started to rain and I was so miserable and feeling sorry for myself. And, I'm, and as I came past this house, this hand just thrust itself out the window with a bag and it, there was a bag of lollies and there was this old man in the window and um, just gave me this bag of lollies with the biggest smile and I was like, oh, thank you, like, thank you, thank you, that's so lovely. And he didn't speak English. And, you know, I kept going and it was. I turned around at one point and he walked to the other end of the house and was looking out another window and he was still waving at me. <laughs> and it was just such an uplifting moment, you know, really. But the little things, it just makes all the difference. That's so, so this good. year, yeah. 20, 2023 this year, I'm coming back through Virgin del Camino and I thought, oh, that old man, where is that house? I wonder which house it was. And I'm walking down the, trying to look for it. I've been into, of course, I went into the church. After the church, I came out and um, I found 
his house and for sale on the front. And I was, you know, say vende or whatever it is in Spanish. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no. And it made me all sad. And I kept walking, kept walking, kept walking. And I was probably another block down the road. And there's this table out the front with all these goodies, you know, take some fruit or some lollies or whatever. And I looked up and thought, oh, no, I had the wrong house. This is the house. <laughs> <laughs> and he, there was no one to be seen, but there was, there was a little book there. So I wrote in the book, you know. You helped me so much in 2013. Thank you so much. Blah 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 blah. Of course, he doesn't speak English, so I don't know what's going to happen. So lovely, and took an apple or something. And just as I was walking away, an old man came out the door, and he said, "Buen camino, buen camino." And I turned around, and it was him as well. And of course, I just cry. I'm a crier, so I just started to howl again. And he came up and he put his arms around me, and I tried to tell him, "Look, in 2019." Um, you were so you were so kind to me, and you saved my life. I was feeling so bad, and blah blah. blah. So I, I then I tried Google Translate again. So goodness knows what I'd actually told him. But <laughs> in Google Translate, and I told him, and he started to cry too, and he gave me a hug, and it was just so lovely. I couldn't believe it, um, and that he was a that he was alive, and I thought he'd been dead, and, and there he was. You know, and then he gave me his card. So he's even upgraded. He had a card now and this table out the front. That's great. And he looked so well, Dan. And I thought to myself, yes, this is what a lifetime of kindness can do for you. You know, he was just looked healthy as. He looked better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a lovely, lovely moment. So that, I could tell you about 100 stories, but that one will do for today. That is just so fantastic. What a great story. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. Pretty lucky lives we live, Dan. Well, we are extraordinarily lucky and yeah. all of my listeners are lucky for having spent the last 50 minutes talking to you, Jen. Oh, thanks for you too, Dan. It's Thank just you. been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> I loved reading the blog. I loved the pictures and the poems, just the whole package. Spoke to me of someone who is making the most of time. Despite yeah, having a few all. setbacks along the way, you, you, you've Thanks, you've 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 done a, a, just such a great chat. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us, Jen. Buen camino. My pleasure. Buen My camino. pleasure, Dan. Thank you. Buen camino to you too, Dan. Thanks so much. My guest this week was the Australian pilgrim Jennifer Wills, and you can find Jen and her blog via jenniferwills.com.au. What about that story? What about both of those stories? My gosh, I'm just reeling here. My quote or my poem this week was from the great Dr. Seuss. How did it get so late so soon? It's night before it's afternoon. December is here before it's June. My goodness, how the time has flown. How did it get so late so soon? Make the most of every waking hour. Thanks again to my new Patreon sponsors, David and Claire. Thank you for your kindness. And you can sponsor the podcast to keep it free and ad-free. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. That's all we have time for this week, and I'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way.